Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I need y'all to roll. Get him, Jay. Who you know fresher than whole? Riddle me that. The rest of y'all know where I'm lurking. Yeah. Can none of y'all mirror me back? Yeah, hear me rap. It's like hand G rapping his prime. I'm young HO, raps grateful dead. Back to take over the globe. Now break bread. I'm in Boeing Jets, Global Express. Out the country, but the blueberry still connect. On the low, but the yacht got a triple deck. But when you young, what the fuck you expect? Yep, yep. Grand opening, grand closing. Goddamn, your manhole crack the can open again. Who you gonna find open a hand with no pen? Just draw inspiration. Who you gonna see? You can't replace him with cheap imitations of these generations. Who you know got better pods? Riddle me that. The rest of y'all know where I'm lyrically at. I absolutely love that song. Of course, it's coming from Jay-Z and Linkin Park's collaborative album called Collision Course. The song combines both Linkin Park's Numb with Hova's Encore. And I couldn't think of a better song to start this special podcast with a very special guest. Of course, I'm talking about the former governor and current congressman, the Honorable Charlie Chris. But before we get to him, I think it's important to acknowledge the general disillusionment that most Democratic voters feel going into the 2022 midterms. The numbness is almost palatable and the apathy is real. This is no more felt than in the black community when speaking to potential voters. The excitement and fervor is gone from 2020. Whether it's because of the rampant increase in cost of living, the seemingly dwindling of financial opportunities, the constant attack and castration of our voting rights, the destruction, devaluing, and diminishing of our beautiful black history, the hopelessness of our government who says one thing about concerns and yet does something else, the questionable messaging, or maybe it's the lack of resolve displayed by our leaders to produce results, or the fact that black people can literally be targeted and murdered for simply going to the grocery store. I tell you what, the carrying of that grief and anger all the time internally and around us can feel like a Texas noose wrapped around our respective necks. All this breeds contentment and honestly disinterest in the political process. Honestly, Black people are just tired, and we're particularly exhausted when it feels like our vote and our concerns don't matter. We are the backbone of this country, and yet it feels like our issues are treated like a toenail on the foot. And this is the environment in which Congressman Chris is seeking an encore to the governor's seat. Listen, I can't front that tough, tough sledding. How does a candidate who's literally been here before reinvent himself to voters who are disillusioned by the entire process? When voters see a Congress, whom our guest is a distinguished member of, vote to provide hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine to fight tyranny and fascism across the pond, yet cry broke when Americans are simply asking for them to keep their campaign promises about a stimulus check, the whole thing doesn't come off as serious. The cost of three gallons of gas is greater than minimum wage. People literally can't afford to drive to work. Couple that with the fact that homelessness is on the rise in every major city, including here in Central Florida. But this doesn't fall solely on Democrats. Take Republicans, for instance, who took every chance they get to rail and blame Biden over the lack of baby formula, only to turn around 
and vote no on just $28 million for baby formula. Let that sink in. Just $28 million and 192 Republicans voted no. Pure and simple, people are hurting, people are hungry, and most importantly, people are tired of the political games. Honestly, I don't believe for one second that America is, quote-unquote, a deeply divided nation on fundamental issues. The overwhelming majority of people in this country are in favor of progressive policies. Things such as affordable health care, easy access to voting, abortion rights, child care, food for babies, heck, even decriminalization of cannabis. The poll numbers show all these things are, in fact, popular. However, they are constantly ignored and overruled by the white wealthy interests that run our government and the base of rabid right-wing extremists they empower and encourage to help uphold the oppressive status quo. Look, nobody denies that DeSantis' run at governor has been a clinic in how to alienate voters and push coded supremacist ideals. Old boy is literally running around here like he's Pac. He ain't, by the way. But in an environment that seemingly slanted very much in his favor, does this very environment lend itself for defeat? Seeking a second act for the third time around, Congressman Chris is tasked with trying to convince voters, and particularly black voters, that he is the answer to the great Florida equation. How do you break the almost three-decade Republican hold over the Florida's governor's mansion? Is he the one like Neo in the Matrix? Or is he going to be just another casualty of war tossed in the side of the road of DeSantis' eventual march to the path of the White House? Can he restore the feeling of an electorate that is numb to politics? Is the former governor on a political collision course with the current governor? Can he get an encore? And honestly, do we as voters want more? All these things are questions that need answers, and hopefully we'll get them today on our podcast. We're going to discover all these things together, so settle in. Welcome, everybody, to this beautiful journey, and let's go. This is Uncultured Bias, and I'm your host, Kamara Williams. So... Governor Kamara, Chris. it's an honor to be with you, sir. No, it's an honor for you coming here. I'm pleased to be here. So Your so, office uh, is check this out. super cool. Yeah. I actually call you Charlie Hustle. Why is that? First of all, thank you for the Thank you. Oh, Muhammad Ali, are you kidding me? Yeah. The champ? <laughs> Did <laughs> the, you see the Will, Will Smith do it in the movie? Yes. Phenomenal job. Yeah. I actually, um, it's, a, it's, um, I actually would say it was a good, it was a good job, but I think it could have been better. So? Um, because I felt like some of the things in that, in the movie, um, it didn't really, like some of the acting performances. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. You see Malcolm X. I actually love the Malcolm X movie. Malcolm X incredible. Well, right. he was, they depicted in that movie too. Yeah. So, right? yeah. Um, so they did depict him in a movie and, you know, Denzel's performance in Malcolm X was probably one of the, uh, the premier, top, yeah, premier performances. Phenomenal. But I call you Charlie Hustle for a reason though. Okay. All right. Um, Michelle Rayner Goolsby. I love her. Yes. So love her. In 2000, love her as well. <laughs> in 2018, yep. when she was elected uh, to office, mm-hmm. I was a big supporter of her, always been supportive of her. I endorsed her. I, I know. Yeah. And so. You know how that came to pass? How? This, this is a cool story. You know John Morgan? You know, everybody knows who John Morgan is. Morgan and Morgan. I've never heard of him. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, his, his son, Matthew, uh, is a special human being. Yeah. Yeah, good, good heart, great soul. Yeah, and he called and asked me to consider endorsing her, mm. and uh, I got to know her, and that was an easy thing to do for me. Yeah, right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's great. Yeah. So that night of her election, yeah, she didn't even know you had your phone. You had her phone number, right? right. And so um, you called her. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she was in excitement of saying, oh, yeah, I'm so, you know, and then it's like, she was a number I don't recognize. And it was you calling to congratulate her. Yeah. And yeah. I was on the phone with, you know. Um, Tomorrow, it's all about people, man. But you're a great retail politician. I love people. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things I, I said that night, I said, well, that's Charlie Hustle. Because Charlie Hustle. I take that as a compliment. That it, it is. Because, you. you know, somebody that understands the importance of connecting. Yeah. Sometimes I see a lot of, like, local politicians or even statewide. Yeah. They don't understand the importance of just a phone call and reaching out. And creating a relationship. Means and a I thought, like, that was phenomenal. So, you know, kudos to you on that one. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Can um, I share a story about how I learned that? Yeah. <clears throat> so I first ran for office a long time ago, 1986. I ran for the state senate in yeah. Tampa Bay. Yep. And I lost in the primary. Mm. And the next day, I was working for a professional baseball. Okay. The next day, I got a call from my local congressman, Bill Young. Mm. Nobody else was calling because I lost. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody, everybody calls when you win. Right. The spoils of war. But, but yes, sir. Yeah. The spoils of war. Yeah. You're a renaissance man. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, I'd say every time. <laughs> but seriously, and so he called me as my congressman, and I thought yeah. it was, you know, bigger than life. Yeah. I'm like, he's calling little old me? Yeah. And it just made such a lasting impression on me. That's why I always try to do it if I can. That's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, um... Do unto others as you would have done unto you. They call it the golden rule. And I'm going to give you something right now. Yeah. I wear this every day. What is this? It says practice the golden rule every day. It also says <laughs> vote for Charlie Crist for governor. For Charlie but <laughs> <laughs> okay. But seriously, yeah. you know, the golden rule, if, if more of us would practice that, yeah. simply treat others like you want to be treated, right? Right. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. What's her name? Aretha Franklin? Yeah. For real. Yeah. It's important, and, and it's God. Yeah. You know, and I, God is here. You know what they say in the book, when two or more of us are gathered, he is he's, here. He is present. Yeah. So we got four, so yeah. he's here. He's here. It's real. It's real. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about your history. Yes, sir. You um, played a little bit of football. I did. Yeah. You ran yeah. a little track. Ran a little track. Um, you must have been fast. I must have not been very good because I'm doing this. But <laughs> I am. Um, this is cool. <laughs> but I'm just saying. This is cool. Uh, Wake Forest. Yes, sir. Demon Deacon. Demon, De- Demon Deacon. ACC. Right. Yeah. Then you actually. Sacramento State. Sacramento State. Hornets. Very good. Yep. Yeah. Very good. And so. Yes, sir. As a, you know, you're still a f- big football fan. Love it. So big Tom know. Brady fan, too. Yeah. And Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks. My okay. fellow uh, uh, Seminole. Yep. You're, I don't, you're familiar with what's going on with the NIL and the... I don't, um, I'm not. Okay, I'm talking with, with um, how college athletes are allowed to actually uh, make oh, money off... Oh, get their, compensated by yeah. the, from their name. ID yeah, yeah, name, yes, name, I am. Name, I am. image, likeness. Yes, sir. And how, like, in tw- about 20 months ago, almost uh-huh. uh, DeSantis, he signed a bill, or he pushed the bill, yeah. Right. In order to. He's a mess. Yes. We're going to get into how much. Okay. Is, right. <laughs> a hot mess. Yeah. Hot mess. <laughs> and so he pushed the bill like to get name, image and likeness. Right. Yes, sir. Um, trying to get out in front of everything. This yep. is before the NCAA actually, you know, created the rule. Yeah. Now it created this big mess because this is funny because that's what DeSantis thing would get into that. But yeah. it created this big mess because um, Florida created this rule that when it was enacted last year, it's been in, in, been in yes, uh, uh, service for a year now, Yeah, but it was prior to the NCAA rule. And now they're restricted from actually competing with other schools 
because, uh, you know, I guess now other athletes can make more money in different spaces. I got you. But the, the legislature or the bill that that um, DeSantis pushed out, yep. it really restricted to the point where I think the Florida State 80, um, um, athletic director was saying we're at a disadvantage. Kids are leaving Florida right. to go um, to different states. I didn't know if you had an opinion on that. Um, just on if like kids what, should be able to make money. No, that? but like, you know, are you going, would that be something you would do in your administration? Like to try to maybe reverse it or push it because make Florida schools, you know, more competitive, you know, as far as I know, college football is the religion here in Florida. It is. And would it be something that would be on your agenda to, I, well, you know, and you can relate to this too. We both were right. participating in college athletics, which right. is pretty special stuff. And I'm, I'm humbled by that. Um, well, by the way, before I go there, what event did you do at, in track? Uh, long and triple. Jump? Yeah. Good Lord. And, I, and then I did, I was on the B team for 100 and 200. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. It's not as impressive because, you know, again, I'm here. <laughs> but <laughs> but well, thank here, you. Here yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. So why Sacramento State? Uh, my family actually. Did you grow up in California? No, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And Brooklyn. then my family moved to, yeah. Yeah. That's but, good. Yeah. But like your opinion, like, is that something you you would consider for your administration kind of reversing that or trying to in, make it amend it so Florida schools can be a little bit more competitive? Yeah. Well, listen, I, I'm a Floridian. I love Florida. Right. Uh, with all my heart, I love her. And <clears throat> I would want, you know, the kids in at Florida State and Central Florida and University of Florida and FAM, you know, to all be able to do well by doing good. And if you're a great athlete and you have some name identification and you can get compensated for that uh, in school, uh, I don't see a problem with that. I'm a capitalist, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a compassionate capitalist, That's, though. OK, yeah. yeah. Um, Meaning that, you know, if people are getting abused by corporation, you know, I used to be attorney general. You got to yeah. defend and help people. It's all about people. Yeah. So let's me. let's stick on like DeSantis. And, you know, I'm, yeah. you, you mentioned you're a big Muhammad Ali fan. I'm a big Muhammad Ali fan. Mm -hmm. Styles make fights. Let's have like an esoteric little theoretical conversation here. Okay. Right? Sure. Um, how would you evaluate him as an opponent um, as far as, as a, you know, if we're talking about boxing, mm -hmm. what is he to you? Is he a brawler? Is he, what do you consider? Him? Well, I, number one, I, the man's a bully. Absolutely. And that's, Pathetic. Right. Right. And, and, you know, the way there was a video that went viral where he was at a podium at a press conference and kids behind him yeah. were wearing masks and he dressed them down. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy did that. Right. And you know what I think happened there, Kamara? I think that we really got a glimpse into the lack of character mm. and into the soul and his heart. And the coldness of it. But I would also say he's insecure. Sad to say. And, and extremely insecure. He's a, he's, he's a small man. Who gets mad at kids? Small man with a big title. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. So the thought process, though, like if, you know, assuming that you would get to meet him. Yeah. In the proverbial ring. Yeah, sure. Have you made an evaluation of what type of opponent he is as far as like how would you actually combat that? Because he's a, you mentioned he's a bully. Yeah. And how do you defeat bullies? Take them on and take them out. Yeah. And that's what I'll do. Yeah. Just direct. I'm going to take them out, yeah. politically speaking. Right. Obviously. And, right. yeah, I mean, my God, you know, um, 
my parents taught me early on about bullies mm. and bullies are really wussies. Absolutely. No doubt about it. No. Um, you know, cause they try yeah. to, uh, be strong over people that have no opportunity to defend themselves. Yeah. I have an opportunity to not only defend myself, but go on offense on them. That's what I I'm an old to know. quarterback. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be aggressive towards me? Cause sometimes I feel like a lot yeah. of times, People look at opponents and they're like they they pump their brakes a little bit and yeah. they're afraid and you know his thing is he tries to smother you with his personality and tries to make you and tries to overrun you. I have no fear. That's what I, that's what I wanted to know. I'm God fearing. Yeah, and that's it. Right. So, but I'm a Leo. Oh, so is my wife. Well, it's a good thing. <laughs> good Leo's company. a lion. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lion in me. Okay. And it doesn't come out often, but when it needs to, it's there. Yeah. And I'll be there. So uh, people of Florida need somebody who will defend them, who will beat this guy mm-hmm. and bring back the sunshine to the sunshine state. Cause it's been dark during his administration. That's a bar. That's, good. that's pretty good. It that's is what bar. it is. That's the truth, the truth yeah. is powerful yeah. always. So let me ask you, yes, sir. Assuming that, and you don't just call me, sorry. It's <laughs> how I was raised and I, I respect I, you. I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Everybody does. Let me stop yeah. on that. If I might. Yeah. Everybody deserves respect. Absolutely. We're all children of God. Yeah. So that's yeah. where that comes from. Appreciate it. He's the man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Assuming that voters give you another shot at this title fight. Yes, sir. And the gubernatorial belt, you know, proverbially speaking, mm-hmm. um, you know, just being. It's a great analogy you're using. Thank you. Appreciate it's brilliant. It. Thank you. Um, in your 30, first of all, flattery gets you everywhere with me. So I just want to make well, sure. Well, it's genuine. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I uh, appreciate it. But listen. Yeah. 30 years in public office, and have you ever faced someone like DeSantis? Uh, yeah, sure. Who? Um, I don't know. I've had like 18 races. You know? Actually, my, my record, including primaries, is yeah. something like uh, 18 and 4. 18 and 4. I'm pretty pl- grateful good. and that's humbled pretty, by that. That's pretty good. There's, there's a guy named Tim McGraw, yeah. country singer, yeah, I, yeah. has a song that I absolutely love. Yeah. Always be humble and kind. Yeah. And um, I don't see much humility in this guy. Yeah. He's arrogant. Absolutely. So you, but you face people like him. Yeah. I mean, you know, some would like him. He's kind of unique though. In what way? Uh, I don't see much of, I don't think he's got a good heart, mm. which is sad. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I wish he did. I don't think he has a, this is my opinion. Sure. Of course. I don't feel like he has a center. Like, he's very much moved by whatever the political wind is. No kidding. You know, and so I... You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, and so I see, like, he's very much reactive. You know, this is part and parcel of how he operates. Like, I was using the NIL, his thing, what he does. You see what Reedy Creek... Tell the listeners what NIL stands for. Yeah, name, image, and likeness, right? Perfect. And so, you know, the bill he did 20 months ago, and he just jumped out in front. He tends to do that a lot and try to get in front of things in order to... um, you know, increase his brand, increase his awareness, but he's not, he goes with the political wins. He's the first politician I've ever heard of who is attacking Disney. <laughs> it's mind blowing. Well, you, you know why he's doing that, right? Tell me why. Cause I don't know. Um, it enhances his profile. It's not, it's not, he knows Disney's not going to do anything. Yeah. It's designed to increase his profile because he gains everything and loses nothing by attacking Disney. He go, he gets to position his brand as somebody that is attacking the big, quote-unquote bully, he creates the bully 
of you yeah. Know, but the irony is, he's really the bully in that yeah, situation. Yeah, but, but we we understand how politics work, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, it's not about what the reality is; is what your is what the framing of the message is. Yeah. And so he's create he creates the message of the big bad bully, and I'm fighting, you know, on quote unquote your behalf against this powerful thing. I hear what you're saying, but but in my humble opinion, yeah. Disney's not a bully. No. They're, you know, he's using them. You're right. In, I think you've hit it, yeah. really, to try to enhance his profile. Right. But he's disappointing a lot of my fellow Floridians because I grew up, you know, in St. Petersburg, my hometown. Yeah. And, you know, to me as a kid, thinking about Disney World, I can remember going to Disney World the first time with my mom and yeah. dad and my sisters. I have three sisters. Well, yeah. I lost my older one, but had three sisters and we all went together and I stayed at the contemporary hotel blew my, you know, what away. Right. I mean, I was just, I was amazed. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. And now he's after it. It's yeah. weird. So, <clears throat> you know, considering that, and we're, you know, we're going to get into some little, some, some stuff, some stuff here. Let's go there, man. All right. Uh, 2014. Yes, sir. You ran against Rick Scott. Correct. Um, <clears throat> AKA, AKA Skeletor. And Say that again. Skeletor. Yes. Yeah. And so um, why would voters think that this time is around is different as far as, because you lost, we're talking about like 65,000, how much votes? One percentage point. Le- I was one percent. I was a, one percentage. I it was less than one percent. It was a little less. You're, you, you studied. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. And so why would you think, because for, 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 honestly, Rick Scott is so unpopular. Right. DeSantis just supposed that he's incredibly popular. No, he's not. Do you like him? I don't like him, but he's. You look at the poll numbers. Poll uh, numbers. I look at the poll numbers. He's under fifty percent. That's bad for an incumbent, my friend. Oh, well, Rick Scott was like forty percent. He still he won re-election against you know not you but yeah. you know right right uh, Alex Singh. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's right. So you know a certain a certain a person that even. 50% is not bad. Yeah, it's terrible. You need 50 public. plus one to win, though. Yeah, bro. but what I'm saying is that you have people who are still very popular. And we're going mean, to consider him. They may not like him, but they can bifurcate his actions and but the things he's doing. I want to get into that okay. in, in a moment. But cool. um, just asking, answering the question, yeah. why would this be different? You know, again, someone who's a little bit more popular than, let's say, you know, Skeletor. Okay. Right? And yep. I don't call him... DeSantis, I call him DeSatan, but DeSatan still operates in a 50%. Can I have a bumper sticker, please? <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, I do, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, a lot of folks call him DeSatan. Yeah. Why do you call him DeSatan? Um, because the devil plays tricks, and he, uh, he knows how to manipulate. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. he does. You're absolutely right. I want yeah. to show you something. Yeah. So, if I win the primary, yeah. then we go head to head. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people have heard the nickname DeSatan. I want you to envision something. Okay. The two names on the ballot. <laughs> I know what you're going. Wait, I know what's happening. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Satan versus. Yeah, I know. I knew exactly where she's going to say. Boom. Yeah, boom. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm showing, showing my man our bumper sticker. And yeah. It's cool. Yeah. That's for you. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. What's I, it look like to you? Tell the people. It's It has a star, Christian imagery, or, you know, Christian, you know, um, ideology. Mm-hmm. Chris, obviously, you know. Can I tell you where the name came from? Sure. My my grandfather, uh, his name was Adam. Okay. Oh. Okay. First guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. His last name was not Chris. It was Christodolus. Mm. He immigrated from the Mediterranean island Cyprus, Greek island. Yeah. And <clears throat> isn't that where Napoleon was? 
Yeah, no, that I'm was, sure, well, a lot of people stopped in, off in Cyprus because yeah. it's kind of in a okay. triangle area. Yeah. But so <clears throat> he immigrates when he's 14 years old, yeah. all by himself. Mm-hmm. Shine shoes for a living when he got to Altoona, Pennsylvania, made five bucks a month. I love him, amazing man, my mm-hmm. grandfather. At any rate, <clears throat> my father shortened it to Christ. But do you know what Christodolus means in Greek? I do not. Disciple of Christ. Oh. It gets better. Okay. It gets weird. No. So his wife, my grandmother, yeah. immigrated from Lebanon. Okay. Just north of Beirut. Yeah. She was Christian. Yeah. Her name was Mary. <laughs> Can't make this up, can you? No. Now, her last name yeah. in Lebanese, it's Kori, K-H-O-U-R-Y. Okay. Any idea what Kori means in Lebanese? I do not speak Lebanese. Pastor. Oh, Wow. Pastor, so pastor disciple, disciple of Christ. Christ. It's yeah. a lot to live up to, bro. That's a, that's I'm trying. A, you know, every like, day. Heavy it's a name. It's more than a name. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that, by the way. You but, do? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's dope. History is important. It is. It is. On my mother's side, I'm English, Irish, and Swiss. So I am a mutt. <laughs> you are a Heinz ketchup bottle mixed with a bunch of stuff. Better. <laughs> I love ketchup. I love ketchup. So um, you talk about history is important. Yes, sir. Let's talk about your history a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> your, there are, let's say there's criticism. Let's say critiques. I don't say criticism. Let's say critiques. Okay. Right? Yeah. The critiques about your history, in particularly when you uh, ran against Rubio. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, now, for those who are not aware, um, they should because – you know, Governor Chris, he's the first person to not seek re-election um, in the gu- gubernatorial seat, right? In Florida I history. think that might be right. Yeah, in Florida. I'm not sure. I haven't researched it. Right. But <clears throat> based on my, but, uh, what I've seen. It's probably correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll accept it because I'm, it, my wife may not agree, but I'm always correct. Ivory. So, yes, Ivory. And so, um, very good. And so. People's names are important. They are. Yeah. Uh, so, you actually ran and you didn't. Um, re-election, re- 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 you yeah. lost. But yeah. here's the th- here's the thing where the criticism is, and it goes directly into like they say for like those in the black community because they have long memories. Sure. Um, Marco Rubio won by, and I'm getting my 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 memory here, forty nine point eight percent. Kendrick Meeks twenty point seven percent. Right. And then you had twenty nine. Was it um, well, almost thirty? Right. Yeah, almost thirty percent. Twenty nine point. Four percent, whatever it was, yeah, right? Sure. So somebody, there are arguments that you know because you ran as an independent, yeah, and Kendrick ran as a Democrat, Democrat. yeah. We ushered in, you know, the nincompoop that is Rubio, <laughs> right? And because and you not only did you, we you gave the almost a green light. You split the vote, split you know, split the party vote. Mm-hmm. This is a crit- critique, right? That's fair. And you split the party vote, but also a statewide black candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, was seeking office, you undercut him. How would you address? This? I didn't undercut him, but that's a, but that's the criticism, though. No, yeah. I, I, so well, okay. that's fair. If yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. wants to feel that way, that's no, okay. I know, no, I know. But I'm, they're saying because of the independent, <clears throat> you know, it, not you undercut him as far as campaigning, but right. being an independent and then him being a Democrat and right. then right. you know it split the vote. Yeah. So how would you feel about that, like that critique, or have what are your thoughts on that critique? I don't give it much water. I mean, you know, yeah. people have a right to think whatever they think. But I ran for the Senate yeah, because at the time we're in the Great Recession. Right. And, you know, where the place to get more money to help Florida 
was from the federal government. Right. Because they print it. Right. <laughs> and, and so that's why I ran for the Senate to help my Florida. Right. And, uh, you know, it didn't matter to me who else was running. Right. I thought I would have a good opportunity to get there if things went well and it didn't turn out well, but I learned a lot from the experience. What did you learn? I learned that you got to work as hard as you possibly can and be Charlie hustle as you put it. Yeah. Uh, to make sure you get there because people are counting on you yeah. and, uh, I'm not going to let them down in this race. I'm going to, I'm going to beat this guy. Mm hmm. That's well, going to be fun. Well, first, I'm a happy warrior. I well, can't first, wait. First, you got to get past the primary. That's true. Of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. I take nothing for granted. You're yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Correct. And so, you know, as someone who you started off as Republican. Correct. And you ran. You know why? I have an idea, but you can tell me. Because mom and dad were. My it's the same reason I'm a Methodist. No, my father's a Republican. Okay. Yeah. Are you? No. You're smarter than me. <laughs> um, you know, but I saw the light. Yeah, let's, well, I got to tell you the story about how that happened. Okay. How I became a Democrat. Actually, you I think, first. Though. I think I kind of know the story. Do you? Yeah. Well, let's test you. Okay. What? What? Why? What was going on in my head? All right. So, <laughs> this is. Let me tell you uh, from this right. Cool. Let yeah. me tell you from right. And from what it was said, because we can actually get into this. In two thousand nine, they called the hug. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then in, in the hug, you actually um, embraced uh, uh, former President Barack Obama, mm -hmm. and a lot of Republicans. He's got, my friend. Yeah, and a lot of Republicans did not like that. Yeah, and so they hated it. They hated it. Um, in fact, this ties into that actual um, U.S. Senate race because mm -hmm. at the time when you were Republican, you were twenty points up over Rubio, mm -hmm. and then you actually after the hug, your numbers dropped under 20 points you know the history yeah yes, and sir. so with that being said <coughs> it was what you said on the record that it was the hug that was the one that you know and you said it was because of racist ideology within the party you couldn't adhere to it so then you you wanted to go ahead and switch over to democrat did i have it right yeah for the most part okay. um there were several things that were leading me there anyway yeah but that really was the straw that broke the camel's back well i would love to hear like what did i you know, if I'm missing any... That was the most important thing. And, and the thing about it is that, you know, I did hug him. He, we were at Fort Myers together. He yeah. was there to get the Recovery Act passed and have a rally for it. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Yeah. I mean, really a good man. And it was an honor to be with him. And when I saw him there, the, the White House called my office. I'm the Republican governor of Florida, right? Right. Uh, to invite me. And some staff came into my office in Tallahassee and said, the White House has invited you to be with... President Obama next week in Fort Myers, do you want to go? And I said, hell yeah. Yeah. And they said, Governor, are you sure? <laughs> and I said, yeah, why do you ask? Yeah. They said, well, you know he's a Democrat. Yeah. I said, he is the President of the United States of America. Yeah. And I am going to go see him. He's coming here to help Florida. Yeah. And so I did. And when I got there, he said, uh, you know, you're going to take some grief for being here today. Yeah. I said, oh, I don't think so. He goes, Charlie. Mark my words, you're going to take hell for being with me today. Mm. I said, I don't care. It's the right thing to do. And he said, but since you came, we, we were sitting just like this in the back of the beast, the yeah. big car. Yeah. Right? And uh, since you did, would you introduce me? And I said, Mr. President, it would be an honor. Yeah. He wow. goes, well, please do. He said, uh, did you just say what's ever on your heart about me, about the Recovery Act, the stimulus, yeah. and what we're doing? Mm -hmm. And then I'll come up and I'll say my thing, and that'll be it. Is that all right? I said, you're the commander-in-chief. It's just fine with me. So we walked in the auditorium. I go to the podium. He stays back. I give what I think is a proper introduction to the President of the United States, and I conclude it by saying, 
you know, please give a warm Florida welcome for President Barack Obama. Place goes wild. Right. He comes up to the podium, he shakes my hand, and we embraced. Right. And somebody took a picture of that. Yep. And that was it for that me. Was, that was it. Yeah. That, that was, was it, man. That was and, it. And, and, you know, and it wasn't just because I was a Republican embracing, literally, a Democratic president. It was a black I man. later came to sense what was really going on. Yeah. He was America's first black president. So broke my heart. So here's the thing. Here's the pushback <clears throat> on that, though. Yeah. So I, because I do understand, I do agree that him being a first black president brought out all sorts of racist trolls within the country and also in Florida. But the pushback is that Barack Obama also won the state twice. Yeah, he did. So he still uh, he still was an immensely popular president. Mm-hmm. So if in fact his popularity, you know, yeah, you know, if in fact his uh, his popularity was uh, um, so, you know, immense. Good. How did it affect you in particular? Well, um, since that happened, I have uh, gotten elected to Congress three times in a row as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to be the nominee for the Democrats to run against Ron DeSantis for governor. Mm-hmm. So I think it's been pretty damn cool. So I know you got to run, but I need to talk to you about some black, the black issue. Let's do it. Okay, so... Um, but I got I got like one minute. <laughs> I got a plane to catch. I can't help it. Okay. I got to go see my girl. I understand. All right. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, black voters are looking at this particular race and they're not really energized. Mm-hmm. Okay. For, well, then they ought to think about Val Demings. That'll get them energized. Well, she's great, by the way. Well, yeah. She's going to be our next U.S. senator. and She's going to do what I couldn't do. She's going to beat Rubio. Well, you know, talking specifically with you, assuming yeah. that you get into the office, mm-hmm. there. I looked on your website. You had a lot of great <clears> things. Um, there are things that are very popular as far as decriminalization of marijuana or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about economic policy here. Sure. And in your uh, in your position, there are a number of different things that you could actually do as governor as far as enhancing the black economic position. Yeah. By you know, and you mentioned minority contracting. Minority contracting. That's Damn right. exactly what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Um, how do you foresee doing that as well and keeping that going outside of you being in office? Let's say you're, you know, four years. You only have four years. How do you sustain? I don't only have four years. Oh, okay. Good point. I'm yeah. glad you hit that. Yeah. Well, let me and the first part first. Yeah. So <clears throat> it, minority contracting, I think, is extremely important. Okay. I'm all for it, 100%, 1,000%. Right. right. Um, so would institute it, try to get laws passed to enhance it. And fight for folks. That's right. exactly what I'd do. Now, to your point about how many years could I serve as governor, <clears throat> the Florida Constitution okay. says that you can serve no more than two consecutive terms. Okay. I've served one term, no consecutive nothing. Uh, so if I am fortunate enough to win, which I believe I will be, mm-hmm. then uh, if the people are willing, they can reelect me as their governor if they want. So how, okay. Well, now I got, now I really, one more. Hit me, hit me. Okay. Hit me hard. Okay. <laughs> Your messaging to black voters who are not interested, I know you mentioned Val Demings, right? But She's you're, great. You're gonna, yeah, but you're going to need, you're going to need black voters here. <clears throat> how am I going to energize them? You want to know how the answer? We, how are we going to energize black, black voters who are feeling apathy? Like point blank, they don't see the benefit of voting either voting in this election or voting against DeSantis who they may say, I don't like him, but he's, he may increase my, my economic stature. Mm-hmm. Right. Doubtful. Not for you, but I'm just <laughs> saying, but in, but I've, I've heard, I've heard that. 
I've, well, heard, I've heard black voters say that. Like, there's, there is that's a, crazy, man. But I'm, I'm telling you. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. But he's doing the opposite. Okay. He's making it harder for black folks to vote. Yes, I agree with that. He just eliminated two African-American congressional seats. Absolutely. I mean, the guy is on the other side of this. And you know what he said about Andrew Gillum when he was challenging him? Yes. And he did his first radio interview. He goes, let's not monkey this up. I get he's a white supremacist. That son of a gun is a bad person. I get he's a white supremacist. I get that. Bingo. Right. (laughs) But my my question is, how are you going to encourage people, let's say black voters who are either in the middle or have our apathy, apathy, um, have apathy in this election. Several how, ways. Several how are we ways. Going to tell them that I'm the guy for you. That's not only increase your civil profile, but your economic profile. Yeah. Well, I'm the guy who brought about automatic restoration of rights in Florida. Okay. Under my administration and my governorship, 155,000 people got their rights restored. Subsequent to that, we had Scott and now DeSantis, and it's been a drip of nothing. And why do I do? Why did I do it? Because mm-hmm. I believe in what we talked about earlier, God, and I believe in forgiveness, and I know that everybody deserves a second chance. That's one part of it. The other part, you mentioned it earlier, Barack Obama. I guarantee you, if I'm the nominee, he's going to be coming around Florida with me, and I look forward to it. And we're going to come on your podcast if you'll allow us well, together. What, okay. Well, what policies though? Policies? Yeah. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Minority contracts, Minority economic contracts. expansion. Make okay. sure that people get a, a living wage. Mm-hmm. And now I do got to go. I love you, brother. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure, sir. Yes. Honor to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much, Governor. Well, I hope to see you again soon. Yes, best of luck. Put that on your car. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Dear Black Culture, we just had a vibrant discussion with the former governor and current congressman, Charlie Crist. Now, we were originally scheduled for an hour, but unfortunately had to cut the interview short. Nevertheless, we are thankful for him jumping on this podcast and not thinking it was robbery to engage with us at Inculture Bias. I say us because this is, in fact, a community podcast. Always has been, always will be. When I started this pod journey, my intent was to have an incredible conversation surrounding our black culture. Today was no different. I wanted a discussion to be wide-ranging, far-reaching, and introspective. Now, I didn't get to everything I wanted to talk about, and hopefully maybe we can revisit the conversation at a later date, preferably before Election Day. But I wanted to display the dynamic of the black American experience. Black people's viewpoints on social issues are often more nuanced and match our diverse group experiences. Yet even in that diversity of our experiences and views, there's still a connectivity that binds us all. That's the beauty of being black. We may operate in different mounds and silos of political perspective, but we generally have a hive mind when it comes to the uplifting of our people collectively. My hope is that the congressman felt that not only on this podcast, but on his journey to the primary journey in the primary and to the governor's mansion. We need him to see that despite us not being a monolith in our opinions, the conversations are often the same. And it's always how do people continue or how do our people continue to advance and progress? The ultimate question is, does he see the value of our causes and do black people or black voters, rather, see his belief in those values, and will they reward him with another shot at the governor's seat? Does he actually want to bring about lasting change in our communities, or is it simply just another political hustle? That's no shade, just a question. So with that being said, I couldn't think of a better song to write out to. But before that, I want to leave you to a quote with one of society's greatest orators, leaders, and philosophers, the late, great Malcolm X. I have no mercy or compassion in me for a society that will crush people and then penalize them for not being able to stand up under the weight. 
That being said, thank you for joining us today. Until next time, beautiful people. And put ice on the gold Chili with enough bell money to free a big willy High stakes, I got more at stake than Philly Shopping sprees, copping three Deuce fever, I yeses Fully loaded, I yes Bouncing in the Lex Luger Tire smoke like Buddha 50 G's to the crap shooter Niggas can't fade me Chrome socks beaming Through my peripheral, I see you scheming Stop dreaming, I leave your body steaming Niggas is fiending, what's the meaning? I'm leaning on any nigga intervening With the sound of my money machining My cup runneth over with hundreds I'm one of the best niggas that done it Six digits and running Y'all niggas don't want it. I got the Godfather flow, the Don Juan DeMarco. Swear to God, don't get it fucked up. Kicking up top game, bouncing on the highway, switching four lanes, screaming through the sunroof, money ain't a thing. The worst fear confirmed, me and my fam roll tight like the firm.